But I'm pleased now to have back on this program our regular contributor, the towering public intellectual, noted civil rights attorney, Connie Rice. Connie, uh, <laughs> I'm scared to ask, how are you today? <laughs> Paris, this one was so big I had to go get my copy of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights. Okay, I got all the foundational documents out. All right? Yeah. <laughs> to, make, to make sure they're still there. You know? Yeah. They... After, after reading this indictment, I was like, you know... This, this man. Okay, so let, let's 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 back up. Let's let's get our let's get our, our lawyer voice back in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tavis, we've been talking about the documents case where he stole nuclear secrets and war plans and, mm-hmm. and stored them in his bathroom at Mar-a-Lago. That case is about Donald Trump being a threat to national security. Those that's what those indictments are mm-hmm. about. This indictment, this indictment is about Donald Trump being an ongoing threat to our constitutional democracy, and to the viability of... Uh, it's about the ongoing destruction of our constitutional democracy and, and his ongoing attempted coup. Mm. He's still doing it. And, I mean, I had... The, the thing that I thought was, he aimed a Titan missile at 159 years of peaceful transition of power, which is one of the things that the rest of the world admires this, this country about. Now, you and I both know that for African-Americans, we are the force that is trying to breathe reality and, mm. and, and accomplishment. We're trying to achieve America's promise, mm-hmm. because it's not here yet. We have not created a constitutional democracy. We just have a framework that allows us to fight for one. And he aimed a tight missile at that framework. So, you know, when I looked at this, I said, what I thought about was you at Gettysburg. You were at Gettysburg a couple of weeks ago, yeah. uh, or maybe last month. And um, Gettysburg is, of course, where Lincoln gave his address, where he called for the battle to determine whether government by, for, and of the people could even continue in the face of the South, the Southern secession threat to form a confederacy. And it was that speech where you were that triggered the Civil War. And this indictment calls Lincoln's question when he asked, can democracy endure? Mm. This indictment calls Lincoln's question today again. That's how big it is. It's as big as Brown v. Board of Ed. Right. And, and you know, when I read, I've read it twice now, um, you know, it's, it's, it's brilliantly crafted as, as Adam Schiff, who's my congressman, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this, this indictment is brilliantly crafted around the notions of conspiracy, because it allows the prosecution to avoid challenges based on the First Amendment and some other things. It's too much in the weeds, yeah. but I'm just saying that this, 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 this indictment is brilliantly crafted to kind of get the violent insurrection, the exploitation of the violence as part of the conspiracy. Yeah. That's how the 1-6 violent insurrection comes in. But, you know, I, I, I looked at it, Tavis, and I had several takes on it. But, uh, tell, you know, what, where, where do you want to go? No, let's let's do that. Um, I'm looking at my clock here. We've got about uh, uh, seven or eight minutes um, before we um, uh, step aside for a moment. And then we'll be joined by Alan Jenkins, Harvard Law Professor. Connie, of course, will stay with us. And we'll have two brilliant uh, lawyers, uh, two brilliant legal minds to, to work through this for the rest of the hour. So let me just give you these seven or eight minutes now uh, to just walk through what your takeaways are. What you've given us so far is a frame. And as Connie Rice says all the time, I quote her all the time, in these kinds of conversations, or for that matter, any conversation, you got to get your frame right. You got to be in the right frame. So Connie has now framed this, I think, brilliantly about the significance, the significance 
uh, in the history of this republic of these indictments that were brought yesterday against former President Donald Trump. That said, uh, I'll pass the mic to you for a few minutes and, and give me your, your takeaways, uh, the more in-depth uh, uh, explanation of what you saw uh, when you read this thing twice yesterday. So I'm going to go big. I'm going to go sort of 30,000 feet up and go look at the forest, okay? Not so much about the technicalities that are in the indictment. What this indictment, one of the takeaways was the destruction of the peaceful transfer of power and and what a, what a menacing conspiracy, set of conspiracies that, that, that Trump unleashed. Um, it, the third takeaway is the real uh, menacing undercurrent of violence when you read this indictment, their folks are saying, look, if you do this stuff, if you, if you, you do these fake electors and you challenge the count and the collection and the certification and you, and, and, and you unleash this, or you try to get the DOJ and the Department of Defense to take the ballot machine and you start fomenting all of this, this, this reaction to this lie about the stolen election, you're going to cause riots in the street. He was told by several people that were going to be riots in the street. Well, Jeffrey Clark, one of the folks you noted earlier, he said, well, that's what the Insurrection Act is for. Mm-hmm. Trump said, "Trump said, well, let's bring them to the streets. Then remember, he told McCarthy, uh, well, I'm not stopping the mob because they care more about me and my, my re-election than you do, kind of in condoning the violence. Remember, he said, take the mags away. They're not here to hurt me. Mm-hmm. So it's this, this, it's the, it's the undercurrent of violence. They, they were willing to throw us into blood in the streets to keep this man illegally in power. Takeaway four, the magnitude of the danger. I kind of had to put it down and I had to take a breath because I said, now the magnitude of danger is about fourfold worse than it was yesterday. Mm. Because Trump is beating the drums in all cap letters on X or Twitter or whatever the whatever the craziness they call it now, he's he's fomenting and whipping his base into another violent mob, talking about they're indicting you, they are coming after you, they're putting you in jail, and he's he's going to whip them into a fever pitch into believing these indictments are against them, not him. And this is all amid the 2024 election, which, of course, is for him a strategy to keep out of jail. And so he's he's revving up the potential for political violence. And and, you know, I'm, I'm partly angry that DOJ took so long to get this because we could have had this trial underway by now if they hadn't waited, which takes me to the to Garland didn't want to get political, not realizing he was in a politicized frame. Mm-hmm. He didn't understand the frame he was in. Right. Mm-hmm. Which takes me to the fifth takeaway. Without Representative Benny Thompson's leadership of the January 6th congressional hearings, I don't think this indictment would have happened. And I know that that that, that committee, and but it was Benny Thompson's leadership when he was he was so smart about it because he let kiss he let the two Republicans, especially Liz Cheney, lead the way. He let them bring all those Republican witnesses. That's what made those hearings so powerful. He didn't let his ego get in the way. He wasn't out there saying, I'm the chair. No, he was very, very strategic. I don't think Representative Thompson has been given enough credit. Those hearings are critical. They produce this indictment. Um, six, the other conclusion I had was it is so essential because of that political danger that I, that I said is, is, is being revved up. It is essential that this trial be televised. Um, even more, it's, it's even more important to televise this trial than it was to televise the, the trial of Derek Chauvin, who murdered George Floyd. And 
and and finally, it, you know, I'm always thinking about elections and power. The seventh takeaway is that this presidential election is about the turnout of the Democratic base. So, folks, my my fellow African Americans, do not think about sitting this one out. This is it. Unless you want to see David Duke mm. as head of DOJ mm. <laughs> and an anti-vaxxer like that crazy Kennedy guy as head of CDC who kill us all with returning polio because he won't allow shots. Unless you want to see that kind of craziness and and the, and the, and you know the shaman, the QAnon shaman on the Supreme Court, you better turn out. We, we you know this is this isn't time to play. So we ought to have a, the Democratic base turnout. But this election is also about a little fewer than a million votes in six battleground states. That's the audience for this. And they need to see this trial because they are not the African-American base. They are not the Democratic base. They are the suburban base that often votes Republican. They have to be shown that the dagger at the throat of constitutional democracy depends on this presidential election reelecting Joe Biden or anybody but Trump. This is why Connie Rice is a regular contributor on this program. Let me just say to you, you will not find better analysis than what you just heard anywhere today, tomorrow, or in the days to come. Not on any major network, not on any other radio show, not in any uh, New York Times or L.A. Times or Times-Picayune or anyplace else. You will not find better analysis than what you just got, and that's why I'm honored to have you on this program. Connie, i got about 90 seconds, and we'll continue when we come forward with Alan Jenkins joining you in this dialogue. But back to that question that you raised um, about Gettysburg, where I was just at a couple weeks ago. Um, What does this say? Uh, quickly about whether or not the democracy can endure the fact that these alleg- that these charges, these indictments were in fact brought against a former U.S. president. That's astonishing. Maybe the eighth takeaway is that this is the only indictment where if it gets erased because he gets put back into all of the other cases, the seminal cases, they couldn't get erased. That That's Lawrence Tribe's analysis, the, the famed Harvard professor who's been teaching mm-hmm. for 50 years. But but the, the significance of Gettysburg, the threat then was the Southern secession to create the Confederacy and to preserve slavery. And it was destroying the Union. That was the threat when Lincoln said, can government of and by and for the people endure? The call to action this time, because the threat to this time, is the threat of the destruction of the rule of law. If Donald Trump can foment a violent insurrection to stop the peaceful transfer of power and the certification of a legitimate election of Joe Biden, there is no rule of law. Yeah. And rule of law is one of the foundational pillars of the constitutional democracy. Yeah. Without rule of law, you, you've got you've got Bosnia. Yeah. <laughs> it is you've got the Kremlin. It is stunning to me. We'll talk more about it when we come forward with Connie Rice and Alan Jenkins, a Harvard law professor who will join this dialogue. It is stunning to me, though. You have to just take a breath and realize this has never happened in the history of this country, that a former president has been indicted not once, not twice, but three times, and there are more to come. You heard me say yesterday on this program, Fannie Willis in Georgia says she's ready to go. So it ain't even over. But these indictments yesterday are just, it's hard to, to process what this means given the history of this country. Uh, we'll talk about it, though, when we come forward on Tavis Smart. Let's get back to more of Tavis Smiley right now. In case you've just tuned in, in this first hour, we are trying our best to unpack uh, the uh, third indictment of Donald J. Trump just yesterday. Uh, As I keep saying, indictment number three and counting. Uh, Once again, uh, the indictment accuses Trump of four crimes. Conspiracy to violate Americans' right to vote. Conspiracy to defraud the government. 
obstructing an official proceeding and conspiring to do so. So there are four uh, uh, parts of uh, four crimes, uh, more exact, uh, that make up this indictment yesterday. Donald Trump has called these new charges election interference. That's his read of it. Uh, Jack Smith, the special counsel who led the Justice Department investigation in the case, um, said yesterday uh, the attack on our nation's capital on January 6, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. It was fueled by lies, lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. Uh, you've heard me on this program for a couple of years now saying to you, I had no idea and frankly didn't have a lot of confidence that Merrick J. Garland, who was basically a Washington insider, he, he's a part of that, that system back there. Um, I had no confidence at one point that we would ever see these indictments. Uh, I was dis, 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 uh, uh, disjointed. I was all out of joint, I should say, and, 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 and bothered by the fact that the January 6th committee headed by Benny Thompson, who Connie referenced earlier, um, did not have the power to bring an indictment. All they could do was to gather the evidence and then turn it over to Merrick Garland. And that's what concerned me, whether or not Merrick Garland would ever bring any charges. Well, technically he did, but not really. It was Jack Smith, the special prosecutor, uh, who uh, Merrick Garland appointed, who, who brought these charges. And so I'll take it anyway I can get it. Uh, at least the indictment was dropped officially yesterday. This is after the indictment dropped by Jack Smith on the documents at Mar-a-Lago. So Jack Smith is doing his job. Uh, and I have to give Merrick Garland, I suspect, credit for at least choosing Jack Smith to be the guy to make this happen. So I can finally breathe uh, a little bit easier uh, about Merrick Garland. I just never thought uh, that this uh, might necessarily happen because it's never happened in the history of this country where a former president uh, has been indicted on anything, much less the level of allegation uh, that he is now facing uh, in these uh, forthcoming trials. We'll talk about the judge in this case. We've talked about the judge who was appointed by Trump, who's overseeing the documents case in Florida. The judge overseeing this case was appointed by Barack Obama. So we'll talk about that as we move through the rest of this hour. Uh, we're still joined by our regular contributor, Connie Rice. A brilliant, brilliant, brilliant uh, analysis moments ago. Her seven takeaways from this. Uh, in case you just tuned in, we started this hour being joined by Adam Schiff, the U.S. congressman out of California, who led the House inquiry uh, impeachment. Uh, impeachment inquiry, I should say, against Donald Trump, the first one. And then he was the lead manager for the Senate impeachment trial. So we were honored to have an exclusive conversation with Adam Schiff uh, to begin this conversation. We're now joined uh, as well by Harvard law professor uh, Alan Jenkins, who I'm pleased to welcome back to this program as well. Professor Jenkins, how are you today, sir? I'm well, Tavis. Thanks for having me on again, and also good to be with my friend Connie Rice. It's good to have you both on. I couldn't do uh, couldn't do better in terms of legal minds to to discuss this uh, for the rest of this hour. Um, let me just give you uh, uh, a first first dibs, um, uh, Professor Jenkins, because again, Connie's already spoken, and we'll bring her back in in just a second here. Uh, I don't need to ask you, uh, you know, much uh, your thoughts on what went down yesterday. Yeah, this is a remarkable indictment. And, uh, you know, for its clarity, for its specificity, it's really written as a story in part to the American people so that we can understand what this prosecution is, is about. I think, importantly, Jack Smith 
uh, and his team in the indictment explain that our democracy is the most important thing we have as a people. It's what helps us to protect all of our other rights and, and liberties. Uh, the document recognizes that, like all Americans, uh, former President Trump has a right to free speech. Uh, he also, like all Americans, is not above the law. And the indictment makes clear that what uh, the former president did and said went far beyond free speech uh, and anything that's protected by the Constitution uh, to engage in a criminal conspiracy to derail our democracy. Mm. Um, Professor Jenkins, much um, time has been given on this program and uh, in the media writ large trying to assess what it means uh, when we have these indictments, uh, what it means specifically regarding who the judge is that's sitting for the case. We've talked uh, ad infinitum about the judge in Florida um, sitting in the case of the documents, um, she uh, was appointed by uh, Donald Trump. Uh, and now we're told that uh, Judge Tanya Chutkin, a Barack Obama appointee based in Washington, will oversee this case. She has overseen trials of the January 6th rioters, including harsh sentences uh, against them. Um, she also rejected Trump's attempt to avoid disclosing documents to the House January 6th committee, writing, and I quote, presidents are not kings, close quote. So a lot of conversation, not just about the indictments today, but about the judge who will oversee this case. Um, what say you about the judge overseeing this case? Now, I'm, I'm not suggesting you know her personally, but again, it's always fascinating that the minute we get these indictments, the next step, of course, uh, if, uh, in the media is to start trying to assess who the judge is overseeing the case. Right. And, you know, full disclosure, I, I did uh, meet Judge uh, Chutkin a number of times when I was a baby lawyer and long before she was uh, a judge. Uh, but and, you know, there are, are fair uh, judges who have been appointed by all presidents. Mm -hmm. uh, judge Chutkin is fair. She's smart and she's tough and she's familiar with the events of January 6th. I think she's going to be very careful. Uh, she's gonna, she understands the stakes. Uh, I think she's going to rule fairly, and I think she's going to prosecute this uh, with that principle, that no one is above the law, uh, that uh, everyone is innocent until proven guilty, but once they're proven guilty, mm -hmm. uh, they need to be held accountable. I've talked many times on this program, uh, and indeed it's one of the running themes, because I believe it with every fiber of my being, uh, and Connie Rice, uh, who we'll pull back in here in just two seconds, uh, and I've had these conversations, uh, given that she's a regular contributor to this program, Professor Jenkins, we've talked often about the fragility of our democracy. My read of history suggests that every empire in the history of the world at some point has its reckoning. Every empire eventually falters or fails. Um, that's just the way history reads, and we continue to advance this notion of American exceptionalism as if we can't be or are not on the precipice of our democracy failing. We saw that happen in these January, in, in this January 6th insurrection. My question very simply is this. What does it say uh, about the state of our democracy, the future of our democracy, that these indictments were even leveled yesterday, Professor Jenkins? Well, it's an important step. I mean, you're, you're certainly right that our democracy is frail at this moment, probably more frail than it's been in over 100 years. Uh, and the, the indictment shows us the facts that are raised in the indictment remind us how close we came to our entire democracy toppling uh, in the days leading up to January 6th with all of the efforts that uh, the, the president, uh, former President Trump allegedly made and 
uh, the violence that day. But to your question, this is a very important step. This is a sign. This indictment is a sign uh, that important elements of our democracy are holding, at least for now. Uh, and I think we, we need to watch this case very closely. I think the way in which it's handled and the way in which it, it turns out will be very important for our democracy. But it's a positive step, no doubt. Yep. More with uh, Harvard Law Professor Alan Jenkins and our regular contributor, Connie Rice, when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. Connie Rice, we are back to that uh, that uh, that prevailing and uh, in some ways penultimate question that you and I cannot get away from, and that is, will these indictments, three and counting, hurt Trump's 2024 campaign? Your answer has been consistent all the way through, but I'm going to keep on asking because, to your point, <laughs> to your point, and to Adam Schiff's point, and to Alan Jenkins's point, what we saw yesterday is unlike anything we've ever seen in this republic. So I'm going to ask you one more again. Will these indictments hurt Trump's 2024 campaign, Connie Rice? No, they're going to help him. <laughs> he's going to raise a ton of cash. Uh, he, he's going to town on this one. Let me, <laughs> I'm trying to tell you we're in a cult frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so the physics are reversed. Anything, you know, he, 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 could, he could commit a capital crime now. He'd probably raise a billion dollars. But first of all, I just have to say, it is so good to hear my friend Alan. I, I, I have missed Alan. <laughs> you know, it's just so wonderful. So, um, Same uh, here. No, no, this is, this is going to help him uh, with his base, with his base. Yeah. So um, that hasn't changed, Tavis. Keep asking. So uh, let me ask another question I've asked again. Um, what you make of the fact that basically Asa Hutchinson is really the only person, and Will Hurd, you know, has, has pressed the case, the brother, one or two brothers, Will Hurd and Larry Elder, both running for president on, on the Republican side. Uh, but, 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 but basically, the, 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 those whose names we know, uh, the Chris Christie's and the, the Nikki Haley's and the Ron DeSantis's and those persons have still, not called for Donald Trump to get out of this race. The Republican National Committee has still not called for Donald Trump to get out of the race. I'm not naive, Connie, in asking this, but how do we read that? How do we read that these indictments just keep piling up? And 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 again, when you when you when you read what they are alleging that Donald Trump did inside the White House, the fact that his fellow Republicans running for the nomination, the fact that the party apparatus uh, on down the line has not had more to say about this is, again, not naive here, but 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 how do I read that, Connie? It's what we talked about in one of the earlier shows, Tavis. It's about the death of truth. If you've got half of white America listening to fraudcasters and, and, and demagogues like Alex Jones, who basically tell them black is white and, and up is down, they tell them the opposite of what's actually happening. So when they report on this, it's about election interference mm-hmm. with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. This. When they report on this, it's about the FBI unfairly targeting someone because apparently stealing nuclear secrets is not a problem in their in their eyes. So they have been whipped into an identity, attraction, and cohesion with him. And so when he's attacked, he translated he translates it into an attack on them, and that's how they take it. Yeah. Tavis, I I think that the people we're talking about, they're not all one, can't paint them with all one brush. There are different reasons for supporting Trump this blindly. But one of the major ones for the, poor, for, for, for the folks who, like the folks who stormed mm-hmm. the Capitol, is they've lost, their, they've lost their position socially in terms of racial supremacy. They've lost economically. 
the international trade agreements outsourced their jobs. They've been in a rust belt for 50 years. Their children were sent to fight wars based on lies from Vietnam forward. Cut, cut it, cut it, cut it. Let me, let me cut in right quick. I apologize. Let me, let me cut in right quick. Um, and when we come forward, we'll come right back to this point about who these persons are that continue to raise his poll numbers. Who are the persons that seem, you know, unbothered by these uh, indictments? We'll get Connie's take on that and Professor Alan Jenkins' take on that of Harvard when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. I got a tight five minutes here left, uh, Connie and Alan. got a tight five. Connie, finish your point about who these people are uh, that seem unbothered uh, by these allegations. Every time Trump gets indicted, his poll numbers go up. Uh, Let me finish this point real fast. I was saying that they are betrayed that they are people who are alienated, betrayed, and feel like they have lost the promise of the country. They were promised supremacy over African Americans forever. Mm. When they saw Barack Obama get elected, they had a psychotic break. For some, that, that's about maybe 25%. So I'm saying Trump is a big middle finger, their big middle finger to the establishment, to the GOP establishment, to traditional politics, and most of all to multiracial and pluralistic democracy. They are not interested in e, in e pluribus unum democracy. They're saying, no, we want autocracy and we want racial dominance, Christian dominance. And that's why they're attacking us as African-Americans. They're attacking immigrants, LGBTQ. All of us have better band together to fight against this to save our, our democratic uh, framework. Professor Jenkins, um, talking politics here right quick, uh, Joe Biden, uh, the current president, of course, has been rather quiet about these indictments. I, I think politically, I think that's the right strategy. Do you and I agree on that? Yeah, I agree. He's He's got to remain relatively quiet. I think he, he could be a lot louder about a lot of other things that are going on in the country. That's just my editorial view. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's got to let this play its uh, you know, run its course. And if he seems to be overly involved, he's just going to reinforce the false beliefs that people have, uh, many people have on yeah. the Trump side uh, about the Justice Department. How divisive is this going to be for the country and for our body politic, Professor Jenkins? There's no way um, that 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 the optics of this can continue. That is to say, for those who support Donald Trump, for those who are Republicans who question the role of government in this moment, uh, every time there's another indictment, and Fannie Willis is on the way in Fulton County, Georgia, you have to believe that this is advancing a narrative, as Connie said, that they that that that, that they find credible, and it's going to make our politics even more divisive in the months and years to come. Well, you know what what's divisive is uh, you know Trump and his allies repeatedly telling lies, repeatedly engaging in acts of what I would consider to be uh, you know, white supremacy as well as undermining our democracy, holding him accountable is not the source of the division. Uh, it's the, the acts that he has taken. And I think just to add to what Connie said, I certainly agree. Uh, you know, on that day, on January 6th, there were white nationalists, there yeah. were neo-Nazis, there were anti-Semites, uh, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, members of, of whom, leadership of whom has, have been uh, convicted of seditious conspiracy. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of, also a lot of ordinary folks sure. who are st- stressed in the way that Connie notes and who were lied to and believed the lies. As you know, uh, I've written a graphic novel about this, mm-hmm. one six a graphic novel, where we're taking up all of those different characters and yeah. with some empathy, because many of them were there because of the, the steady diet of lies that they were fed by, by President Trump and others. That graphic novel from Alan Jenkins is called 1-6, What If the Attack on the U.S. Capitol Succeeded? 1-6, 
What if the attack on the U.S. Capitol succeeded? It's a great uh, graphic novel. We had him on the program when that novel dropped, and happy to uh, remind you about that text once again. Connie, 60 seconds left for you. Final word. Um, all right, you know how we do it. Put us in the proper frame, Connie. That's your that's your that's your edict that you got to be in the right frame. Put us in the proper frame for how we move forward. We are in a war, a ground war to preserve the rule of law, constitutional multiracial democracy. And this 2024 election is it. It's going to be the, the, the defining battle as to whether we go forward as a multiracial democracy on the road that African Americans have paved most of any other group. Or are we going to go back to going with the wind autocracy, mm. the totalitarian uh, autocracy of the, of the white South? Yeah. That's the battle we're in. So, so people suit up, get off your couches. I don't care if you like Biden or not. Get out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll leave it. We'll leave it there for now. Uh, but trust me, uh, as this story continues to unfold, you'll hear the voice of Connie Rice again, and you'll hear the voice of Alan Jenkins again. And it may be sooner than you think, because Fannie Willis is about to drop her thing in Fulton County, Georgia, <laughs> as I said earlier. Connie, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Alan, thank you as well, Professor. Thank Thanks you. so much. Good to have you both on. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward.